I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And today, we're going to dive into the culture of performance, all as a segue to get into the deep dive of characteristics around an athletic mindset. Topics that we've actually chatted about before, but the key here is the link and the use of these performance culture models as well as the characteristics of athletic mindset to actually help people of all walks of life navigate these most turbulent times. Now, it's so meaty is our meat and potatoes that we're going to split this into a two-parter again. This week, we're going to talk about a model, and it's a model that's all anchored in developing a culture of performance. And it is exactly the model that we utilize for our pro squad, developed over, well, really many years. And it's become such a part of our DNA that we now apply it to everything at Purple Patch. And we're going to talk more about that later in our case study. But what I do know is that this model has equipped us and all our pro teams with a great degree of adaptability, resilience, focus, and ultimately performance. I've got to admit that as we started to navigate these most turbulent times, starting back in March for us, we didn't even really realize that we were leaning into this model. It's just kind of the way that we do things. But as we sit now a few months in, we get slapped with the realization of just how helpful of a framework it really has been. In fact, the lessons are that all of the approaches and the model, as well as the characteristics that go into develop what we label an athletic mindset, are exactly the things to help not just navigate but thrive in these most turbulent times. And so today, I wanted to begin to share two episodes. Today, the model. Next week, the individual characteristics that all athletes have that now are so important to lean into and utilize just as you would in sport, but bring them to life. Now, before we get tucked into this very meaty meat and potatoes, it's time for a little squatty update. And for the squatty update, well, periodically, here at Purple Patch, we like to do a little bit of an all-hands video meeting with well, everyone, all of the Purple Patch athletes. We like to collectively come up a level, discuss the path that we've taken, and do a little bit of plotting for the path ahead. And this last week, we just did that. No different than anyone, our athletes have had to face a real struggle in sport and life over the last few months. And so pausing for a little perspective is well, always beneficial, isn't it? In this discussion, we went through three main topics. The first was a little pat on the back. We had a little roundtable celebration of how we've collectively navigated the challenges of the last months. We managed to stabilize and find routine within the chaos. We managed to successfully re-engage of our why of doing sport and how it extends well beyond the start line of any race. The Purple Patch team's success in redesigning the whole season of training to make sure that it fit the times, but also celebrating the Purple Patch squad's willingness to lean into these changes and really remain on track. 
The second topic was all around further design of how we present training. In order to enhance the clarity and purpose as well as the specificity, we wanted to empower squaddies to manage on the fly within these crazy times. And with the unpredictability of life, it's always beneficial to make things as simple and as predictable as possible without, of course, diluting the specificity or, I might add, the fun. And so we went into a deep dive around that. But finally, we charted our collective purpose for the back end of 2020. Races that just keep dropping off a cliff. 2020 really could be a wash but we ain't letting it be that way. Instead, what we've done is brought everyone together and map out a whole series of fall challenges and virtual races that are all designed to engage athletes, bring them together in the collective challenge, provide a real sense of purpose and direction to our training for the year, and also set up performance for the coming year, because remember, this is a journey year, and of course, create something that, what well, I believe, we all need right now, a sense of accomplishment. And we aren't ready to reveal all of these details yet to everyone outside of the Purple Patch family, but I would encourage you to keep your eyes and ears open as we are going to be welcoming you to join us in a fun few months of training. And the good news, it's for all levels, pro, serious, amateur, fitness enthusiasts. The key is collective challenge, a sense of accomplishment, a little bit of fun, but most importantly, a real anchor in your performance journey. So much more to come in the coming weeks, but overall, the one thing that came out of this meeting as I sat there and talked to people all over the world on video was a word, unity, because what kept bubbling up was the fact that we had for every athlete all over the world on this meeting, chatting together, was a unified purpose of what we're all chasing, improvements. Performance for sport, but also, much more important, for life. No matter the experience level, the goals, the amount of engagement you have, these last few months to us have affirmed that Purple Patch is about a mindset of integration of sport into life, also that we can make that life bigger and better. And I must admit, for me as a coach, it was really refreshing to come up for air and get aligned. So as you listen to this, if you buy in, if it strikes a chord, bing, Barry's on it again. But you want to perform across life, get involved. Head to purplepatchfitness.com forward slash squad. Or, of course, reach out to a complimentary chat at info at purplepatchfitness.com. We also realize that paying for coaching, paying for guidance, paying for community, it's not in everyone's wheelhouse right now. It's why we developed the whole scholarship program. But we want to help you. And so I'm actually going to go and do a deep dive into this very topic. We're going to host a Meetings with Matt a little bit like an all hands on performance in the second half of 2020. It's complimentary. It's available to all. It will be on Thursday, August the 27th. And we are going to do it in the morning in California. We've never done this before. 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And that's so that we can welcome our Asian friends, our European friends, some of the Central and South American friends that we have. 9 a.m. Pacific, Thursday, 
August 27th. The details are at the website, or of course, you can reach out to us, info at purplepatchfitness.com, and we will give you the sign-up link. Welcome all. If you want to come and help, we'll try and frame out how you can be successful in your sporting journey, no matter what your endeavor is. Now, let's get on with this. It is time for you, Barry, to do more than one little strum. It is time for you to bring it. Let's do Word of the Week. We like the way he thinks, serious with the way. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. It's the Dictionary Word of the Week. Yes, the Word of the Week this week. Hot, hot, hot. Hot, 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 you say. Yep, last week in Britain, it has been hot, hot, hot. New York, hot, hot, hot. California, hot, hot, hot. Texas, it's always stinking hot. There have been some record temperatures globally in the last week, so it seems like a good time to revisit a couple of reminders around training in heat and specific around hydration. So let's first dig into heat training. It is globally beneficial and a good thing from a physiological standpoint. It boosts your blood volume, followed by the number of blood cells you have, leading to an enhanced performance improvement potential. It is a useful tool for an endurance athlete, very similar to altitude if applied correctly. But it's also important to remember that it is an added physiological stress. Oh, haven't we heard a lot about that word, stress? Oh, haven't we heard a lot lately? Goodness me. But in the case of heat, we must approach training when you're operating in heat with a sense of pragmatism. You can expect your heart rate and perceived effort to always be higher relative to your output. We can expect your recovery to be a little impaired and we can expect greater demands for hydration because you are going to get more dehydrated. As a general rule of thumb, it's good to do your very low stress training, your easier work where it's less interval driven in higher heat conditions. There's all the physiological boosting. But if you're really looking for harder intervals where the quality of the workout is key, try and aim towards the coolest part of the day. That's a great rule of thumb. But if you are operating in heat, big key session or easy session, adjust your output expectations. Integrate approaches to manage stress such as walk breaks within runs so that you don't pop the gasket and keep a keen lens on hydration between sessions. Yes, between sessions. You see, in most training sessions, you will finish with some level of dehydration. And being properly hydrated is really important for your cellular health, for your immune system, for tissue repair and tissue adaptations, and of course, for your daily energy levels. And so rehydration is critical. And it's even more important when it's hot, hot, hot. And that is why the word of the week this week is hot, hot, hot. And so now let's coolly stroll into this week's meat and potatoes. Yes, this week, the meat and potatoes, turbulence, 
uncertainty, fear, changing times, chaos, the fog of COVID-19. Without doubt, this is the event of our times with a profound impact on how we lead our life. Every single person has been impacted. And what was known is now seemingly unknown. We've had many discussions on this show about the importance of being changeable for performance success, how resilience provides the backbone of consistency and success, and how the attributes of great athletes are the very same attributes displayed by our most successful executives and CEOs. Well, we are now several months into the pandemic, and something has become startlingly clear. The traits and characteristics that make up the mindset of an athlete have become a powerful weapon in navigating this chaos. In addition, it's become clear that in helping people navigate these times, we have, as an organization, leaned into our model of performance culture way more than we possibly could have imagined. We feel that while these times have been incredibly tough and take a massive grit and effort to get through, We've been successful so far by leaning into, to be honest, what we already knew. And in fact, what we already practice. And athletes all over the world, whether they realize it or not, whether it's deeply ingrained in their subconscious, have been successful at navigating these times by leaning into what they already knew and what they already practice. And I believe there are two main pieces of the puzzle. The first is the performance culture model. This sets the stage and it creates the framework of success. It's helped many others who we've helped in their own teams and organizations. And it is a culture creator for all types of businesses and sporting teams and squads. It is a way of doing to help the group thrive. And out of this performance culture, then arises the individual. And so second, I believe that the culture lays the groundwork for the individual to thrive in getting through these times. And the absolute best opportunity to navigate this craziness has proven to be the very same characteristics that collectively make up what I would call, and you're going to hear this a lot, the athletic mindset. The good news you don't have to be an athlete to lean into an athletic mindset. You just have to learn the lessons and apply them to the context of your life. And so in today and next week's show, we dissect each of these concepts. Today, we're going to go into the model of performance culture and adopt the model as a framework for you to help you and your team, no matter whether it's a team of athletes or employees. We want you to lean in and utilize for your success. And then next week, we will draw from this conversation and continue. And we'll do a deep dive into the more individual characteristics. But it's important to remember that the individual is going to bubble out of the culture. And so while we do these in two sections, we cannot separate these conversations. They are linked and they make up the best possible success for all of us. And hence, today, culture. Let's begin there. Now, 
let's set the stall on what we want to accomplish today. The first is a little perspective, why this is important and its power in these times. The second, I'll get a little granular and I'm going to go through the specifics of the model. And then finally, I'll make it very personal. I'll talk a little bit about Purple Patch as a case study and how we've very briefly as an overview navigated these times. Doesn't mean that we're masters of the kingdom. It's just a personal experience that hopefully you can draw from. And so fasten your seatbelt and let's get going. Let's start with a really simple question. Why is a model of performance culture important to you? Well, if we ignore COVID-19 for a couple of minutes, let's just talk about coaching and de facto leadership, by the way. But I see a lot of coaches who very quickly get dogmatic around their training methodology. They approach anchors around how do I get athletes ready for an Ironman? And they set out their plan with their macro cycles all the way down to micro cycles. And then they get busy cramming athletes from all walks of life, level and experience into their training beliefs. Now, a backbone of training beliefs is really important. But this highly dogmatic plan first mindset often misses the mark for many athletes. And so instead, we tend to lean into finding predictable cultural approaches on how we build performance. And within this model, there is, of course, scope for individual training nuances, depending on where the athlete is in their journey, their background, what their needs are, how they react to different types of training stimulus. But ultimately, a performance culture of a company or squad of professional athletes is going to determine how the collective can respond to things that are always part of the journey. Adversity, overcoming challenge, navigating failure, sticking together when things stray off track or go wrong. It is critically important to plan and to try to follow that plan. But most important is the ability to adapt to respond to the unpredictable, to change course without losing purpose and direction. Because everyone, each individual, must be able to operate within this framework. And that's what I mean by a performance culture, a way of doing that everyone can abide to, understand, operate within, and thrive. And so a performance culture model creates predictability. And it even creates predictability when the unpredictable occurs. It creates order in chaos. It lays the framework of response. And it anchors each individual together to create hmm, a robustness, a collective resilience, and a much better chance of sticking together, yeah, like team, sticking together when things get really tough. Now, ironically... The catalyst of this show came about because I suddenly realized as I was driving home from Montana over two days that these last few months have been the main display of really what has been a series of dress rehearsals for us over the last years. This time has been like nothing before, and we're not alone in that. I think we can all share these are crazy times. 
And yet the response and the navigation and the recoursing and the planning are all strangely familiar. And I think that this is going to become more clear to you as we dive into the model. And so let's talk about the performance culture model. Now, remember, this is a model that we utilize for coaching our elite athletes. It's provided an essential framework for performance. And so we should begin with this framework so that we can then in next week's show establish the key characteristics of the athletic mindset. Now, what I want you to imagine is an infinity model, something that just keeps going. In fact, I bet there's some of you listening that somewhere on your body, you've got the infinity sign tattooed, a cyclical process that flows through again and again, and it helps frame the athletic journey of performance. But we'll break down each corner of the infinity loop with four phases that we cycle through. And these are the four phases that we have leaned into again and again and again over the last months as the instability and craziness of COVID-19 has had to be navigated. So let's dig in. Phase one is what we would identify as being called North Star Mission. And what this phase is, is all about ensuring complete alignment with the purpose, direction, and outcomes that we seek. Whether it's a partnership with individual coaching, whether it's company-wide, we want to ensure that the purpose and the mission, the direction we're going, and the outcomes that we're seeking are identified. Now, if this were a brand new company, this might be also about talent identification and profiling the people that we need on the team to make our dreams become a reality. But on an ongoing basis, it's really about establishing and setting the mission and the goals. And beyond this, it's actually about communicating and educating all of the constituents and ensuring that the performers have buy-in that they not only understand and learn, but they have buy-in. So that as we start the journey, we are side by side, shoulder to shoulder. The vision is the key to the objectives. And without this phase, which takes a lot of planning, a lot of thought, and also a tremendous amount of education, collaboration, and buy-in from all of the participants in the journey, Without that, you are going to have a flawed journey. This first part is something that, as you will learn, needs to be revisited consistently. But too many people maybe do it once in a lovely off-site or at the start of the year with a coaching discussion and then think it's done, think it never needs to be revisited. Well, as you're going to hear, think again. But with this North Star mission established, we don't just go and get busy doing because now we must transition to phase two, the path to success. Now, in a company, this might be onboarding someone for a role or a project. As an athlete, it's setting out the roadmap and ensuring that you're guiding the performer to success. As much as possible as a coach or a leader here or as an organization, we need to remove as many of the roadblocks as we can. 
We go through a phase of critical skill development. But perhaps most importantly, it's about creating individual and collective intentional focus. What is the role? And of everything that we could focus on, what are the key things that we are going to focus on now as a group, as a team, as an individual? And without this phase, you're going to run into trouble. It is only when we move to phase three of our model, the performer development, is that when we really get to start coaching. And this is where the magic happens. But it only happens if phase one and phase two are really thorough. Too many coaches, athletes, and managers, leaders, dive into this phase three. They just get busy doing and get busy working. But if you do that, it's where reaction versus response occurs. And it certainly happened in those most turbulent times. In fact, if you skip phase one and phase two, you end up working hard for sure. But as you probably know by now, toughness and just pure hard work is not a differentiator. The differentiator is, yes, working hard and being tough, but with purpose and in direction. And with phase one and phase two being established, the phase three has the chance to be effective. And it is when the coach or the leader is able to provide feedback and help us course correct. But it's only after phase one and phase two. And so phase three is all about, from a leadership standpoint, creating the conditions to thrive as a group, as an individual, ensuring that you're creating feedback so that you can continue to expand effectiveness or course correct to come back to, yes, that mission, that direction. And it's ensuring that as a team and an individual, we are accountable to a great delivery and execution of the positive habits that make up performance. Now, many, many people, many organizations, many teams, many coaches end up getting into this phase and they just keep going on, 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 grind, grind, grind. And they just keep assuming that it's all hunky-dory. We're just going to keep climbing the mountain, yeah? It's another gaping hole for many. And the miss is to not pause, to reflect, similar to that all-hands meeting that we talked about at the top of the show. It's about coming out of the weeds and creating re-engagement. It doesn't need to be a two-day seminar with lots of pretty PowerPoints. It doesn't need to be an off-site at a trendy luxury resort. But we must continually cycle through the fourth phase, which is critical review and re-engagement, a post-mortem of how you're going, to make sure that we are collectively and individually inspired with the next set of objectives, to create the path of development for the future, and to ensure that every constituent or performer re-engagement. And when you put these together in a cyclical nature, phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, it creates the chance of a performance culture. And I see performance culture that is set up for progression, for improvement, 
but also something that is highly resilient. Yes, that word that you hear so much. A culture and an approach that enables a few key components of your success that then can permeate and spread across individuals, hence making up something that people are just in search of, a team. But also one that facilitates every individual within that team to accelerate. And the reason for that is that there are components. And these components include a clarity of purpose and mission. You see, no matter what happens, we can always come back to our compass and we can resume the fight towards the outcomes that we want and we have bought into. It's also a chance with this model to put our individual energy into the things that help and other things that are important because there's always going to be distractions and there are always way too many things to effectively focus on. But no matter what, how do I say, no matter what, shit hits the fan, we can come back to adapting and putting energy into the things that are going to help for the now. This model also helps with a word that I've already mentioned today, perspective. While hard work is essential, this model allows us to gain all important perspective coming out of the weeds. You see, we don't want to be that person that drove our car into the swamp because the GPS directions told us to. And so course correction and adapting to situations is always critical. And we are continually forced to course correct and adapt when we apply the principles of this model. And finally, this model provides the framework to overcome failure, to navigate unexpected adversity. And when we outline the model, it all fits like a glove. Perfect, lovely, jubbly, simple. But the truth is that real progression for anyone, a coaching team, a team within an organization, a small business, real progression is chaotic, messy, unpredictable. And we can do all we can do to plan and try to set up linear performance progression, but it ain't ever gonna happen like that. Ever. And so, yes, we plan, we get aligned, we work, we progress, and then boom, something happens. We always get pulled off course. We always will experience setbacks. We always will be met with some degree of failure. And ironically, it is these setbacks and failures that often are the greatest phases of growth. And the model helps with this. Remember, establish the North Star, go through a planning phase of setting the path. Get working so that you can convert potential to performance with that intentional focus you want and then come up for air, revisit, re-engage and go again. Keep on doing. This is how we think about the athletic journey. This is how we think about business. This is how we guide leaders to implement change and help growth within their teams and organizations. And so what I thought I'd do is go a little personal. Let's finish with a really brief case study of sorts. Let's use with full transparency purple patch this year. And bear with me. I hope you don't mind me kind of talking about myself, but here we go. I'm pretty good at that. You know what I mean? 
2020 begins. Purple Patch has large growth goals. Product development, we're opening a center in San Francisco, which is beautiful. I sit here right now in the production room, and I tell you, it is beautiful. But we have plenty of blood, sweat, tears, and money invested. We've built a team. We are charging. In late February, we head to Kona, the training camp. We're excited for the year of racing ahead for our athletes. We're incited as an organization. And in March, boom, like a San Francisco earthquake. Suddenly, there's no center opening. There's no races. Our athletes are lost. There's been a material impact on many people's lives. There's confusion. There's fear. We need to stabilize. We need to step up. We realize that we have a role, but also we as an organization need to adapt and respond. We cannot panic. Now, looking back now, as I share this with many of you guys, it was freaking hard. Emotionally and practically, it was really tough. But let's begin our cycle, our phases right there. And so in phase one, we had a clear plan for 2020, and then it was ashes. We were three weeks from opening the center, and suddenly it was clear we would not be opening. We had to begin our cycle of performance culture right there. Phase one, pause. Don't react, respond. Set up the path. And so we came back to our mission to educate and empower all athletes to, yes, you know it by now. Well, we cannot do this in person, in this physical space. The world has changed. But we have no time for regret or fear or self-empathy. It's time to evolve. Luckily, we've got an audience, which is global, and we are connected already. And we have a center here that is designed for production. And on top of that, we had a realization that as a company, our expertise and what we do to guide and help and coach people actually puts us in a place where we have a role to support and help and guide and coach. And so what we had to do is completely rewrite the script. And then that rewritten script, we would have to come up for air and see if it was effective. And so in this type of phase, we couldn't look too far into the future. We couldn't do a multi-year training program or business operations plan because guess what? We didn't know what the heck was going to happen. So instead, we aligned and we got buy-in with purpose. And that included supporting athletes in need, hence the development of our scholarship program. It was to double down on education and guidance. We wanted to ensure that we could help with mindset and communicate a lot with our athletes and beyond our athlete population. We also had a purpose to innovate our programming for the time. Hence became the creation of our virtual live coaching sessions, completely rewriting the training program so that it could fit the times and the environment of our athletes around the world. And finally, we had a purpose and an importance to protect the business. We had to rewrite loans, revisit partnerships, support our employees. We simply couldn't think too long term. And on top of that, we realized 
with the chaos, we couldn't do too much. And so we had to set the path on, here's a catchphrase, only the important now. Now, once we'd done that, we had to go about setting our path. How could we support the athletes in need? How could we innovate our programming? How could we double down on education? And what will we need to do to protect the business? And so we went about completely redesigning the team roles to really suit what was needed in this phase. And the planned activities that were absolutely priority number one, number two, number three, number four, probably number five and six as well in January and February were now relegated to being parked at the bus stop. We could provide no focus on them at all. Tough, tough decisions, but in the environment, the only decisions. Instead, we had to align the team focus, evolve the roles and even the positions. So this included adjusting some of the employees' roles and positions that we had, really narrowing our focus and our tasks. What is important for athletes now? And on top of that, we ended up adding to the team, seriously, because this shift in focus for the coming months and probably years made it clear that we were actually on the current team missing key skills. And so to get to focus and action, we had to be decisive in additions. So as we went through this phase, it was a process that took the whole team buying into phase one, where we were going and our role, getting engaged, but then ensuring that every single team member had complete clarity on their role, what they should focus on, not what they were focusing on before, but what they needed to do now. And it was then that we could enter into the doing. Phase three, we had to come together and charge together. We had recommitted to the purpose. We'd refined the mission. We'd set the new path ahead. And it was blindingly obvious that we were operating with all of this in a time of turbulence and change where everything was fluid. And a feeling among society, our team, our clients, that literally the world was moving under our feet. Predictability wasn't exactly a word I recall with March, April or May, let alone June, July and the now. And so we had to coach ourselves and coach each other. We had a massive emphasis on communication with each other, the rest of the team and with our athletes. We did a whole bunch of listening because we just simply couldn't pretend that we as a team or an organization had all the answers. So we opened it up and we listened as much as we told. And we held ourselves as a team to a high degree of accountability, to follow through, to execute, and to call on when struggling. And that's because, in fact, one of the Purple Patch values is what we call being a North Star leader, which includes providing help when asked, asking for help when it's needed, and offering help when you see it's needed. And these last few months required each of us as individuals as a commitment to this value across the whole team. And finally, in this phase, we had to consistently come back to that purpose and mission because as the world changed, we had to course correct. As each individual and therefore the team was coping a lot with family, fear, change, all of that stuff that we all were going through. And we were trying to be really effective 
where you go to sleep on Tuesday and you wake up and it feels like Monday. Yeah, you heard that right. Nothing normal was normal. And so we had to continually come out of the weeds, course correct, change what we thought was truth. And we did it within the model. And finally, we came back as a team to phase four, because remember, it's that cycle. And this is massively and proved massively important in the turbulence, which was despite the chaos, ah, pause, assess where we've come so far. Yes, so far. It's a serious journey, this one. And as a team and as individuals, refocus, adjust the roadmap and adjust the path to progress. Restart setting the path, reestablish the focus and goals as the world has changed and as we've moved on. And the key point here is to ensure that this pause enabled the team to realign, to understand, to buy in, and to ensure that they each have clarity of role. Now, the truth is that what was true in March was different in May and different again in August. But with this cycle and communications and times to pause and consistent communication and realignment, we could remain a team. We could stay responsive. We could be resilient. We could be adaptable. Now, we are absolutely no heroes. And we've had a fair share of luck. And on top of it all, we certainly haven't got everything right. But we are kind of stable right now. And it's taken a lot of work to get stable. But if we didn't have a framework and a process to help us make decisions, to communicate, to reflect, and to provide a structure that encourages both coaching and course correction, then it would have been much, much tougher. And I would assume likely much less effective. And so this is today to start a simple model. It's our backbone of performance culture. Phase one, establish the purpose and mission. Phase two, set up the path and the intentional focus, what needs to get done. Phase three, get busy doing. This is where all the coaching occurs. And of course, the course correction. That's why changeable and adaptability are two of my favorite words. And then finally, phase four, pause, come up, reflect, re-engage, go again. Four phases. And I bet since March, COVID-19, I bet we have gone through this five, six, seven times, many more times than the norm, but absolutely essential for our enduring success. So that, folks, that's our model. I hope that you find it useful. I hope you find it applicable. It's a good framework, I think, for teams of all sorts. But next week, what we're going to do is take this model and make it highly individual. We're going to talk about the athletic mindset. Because when a participant in this model utilizes all of the characteristics of an athletic mindset, it feeds into the individual becoming mentally resilient, physically robust, adaptable, responsive, and able to thrive in this anarchy. And so stay tuned for next week. And thanks for listening. Take care. Thanks so much for listening. 
This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Cheers!